Hello, America, and welcome back to another episode of the Hear Me Tell It, the life and times of Jerry Daniels. When you've had your daily dose of today's craziness, dealing with all them Karens out there, ride shotgun with old JD as he goes back and recounts the life and times of growing up in the South during the 60s and 70s. I believe we were called baby boomers. Stories that you will say, yep, I've done that, but I ain't gonna tell my kids, and I ain't never told my spouse, but whatever the truth be, it will be this, to hear me tell it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of To Hear Me Tell It. You know, I was talking to my lovely wife, Miss Laura, of some 35 years, and I showed her the list of the different topics and things. I said, hey, baby, what do you, what do you think I should talk about next? And she looked at the list and she grabbed a pen. And I thought, well, you don't need a pen to look at a list. And she commenced to put lines through some of my topics. And I said, hey, what are you doing? She said, you don't need to tell people that stuff. And she kept going through this list. I said, well, you thought they was funny. She said, well, they're funny to me, but you shouldn't tell people this stuff. Reminds me of that time old Louis Gerard told this old boy one time when he had shared something somewhat intimate, maybe a little bit personal. And old Lewis would tell folks when they did that, he said, dang, brother, I don't believe I would have told that. So the topic today of this episode is going to be about something that most folks don't talk about. We see it on TV commercials sometimes. And no, I ain't talking about that arrestile dysfunction thing. But it's something different. But we, we, we see it on TV and we've seen it on TV for years, ever since back in, the, I guess, the, the 70s. As a matter of fact, even I always love Louis Gazzard. Louis Gazzard even made a joke about it one time because he said this fellow was on TV talking about this condition and he held his hands out in front of himself and his two hands was in front of himself and they was probably about a foot and a half, two feet apart. He was talking about preparation age and he pushed his hands together and he said, this will help shrink them hemorrhoidal tissues. Louis said, well, damn, I ain't never seen a hemorrhoid that big in my life. So that's what this episode's about. Now, men folks, if they're if they're close, they'll share it, but they don't get all into the you know the, the nitty gritty, I guess, of it. But uh, I'm I'm one of those men, and I ain't got no shame in saying it. But I'm one of them fellers that was uh, cursed with the and you know it's funny because you talk to Southern folks, they don't say hemorrhoids, they say I got the hemorrhoid or I had the hemorrhoid. They talk about it like it's a damn disease. So I'm one of them folks that was cursed early in life with the hemorrhoid. And I don't know how, I don't know why. I know where they really started to bother me when I was in uh, AOA school in Millington, Tennessee in 1981. That's when I noticed it. But maybe it had something to do with the fact that I wasn't hydrating worth a damn other than drinking cold beer and uh, sitting in the old school desk for eight hours a day. And that's what you did. And they got at a point where I know by the end of A school, hell, I'd have to, I'd have to wad up my sweater and sit on it, my damn thing hurt so bad. <clears throat> so I went through, I went through that stage of my life and, and, and it always bothered me. And again, now I look back in retrospect, I'm sure it has something to do with my diet and, 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 and not hydrating properly. But anyway, so fast forward to button and I've had to deal with them off and on, off and on and all that kind of stuff. And, 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 uh, I told a friend of mine one day, I said, Hey man, you want to, you want to buy a good stock? He said, yeah. I said, you need to buy stock in anything that's for hemorrhoids because Evidently, it's just a damn epidemic, and everybody got them. So, <clears throat> so anyway, I, I, uh, I I'm not going to say that that uh, men always talk about them. I, I know that sometimes we do, and uh, and, and my damn sure ain't going to show no scar. 
Anyway, I, I'm, I'm going to venture that women folk don't talk about such matters. <clears throat> anyway, so fast forward to Button, and, and it was in uh, it was when I was assigned to the USS Theodore Roosevelt, a great aircraft carrier. And man, they were flaring up bad. I mean, real bad. And I thought, son of a gun, man, they, they, it was bad. And I go down there to because aircraft carriers got a full medical ward. <clears throat> I'm talking they got docs, surgeon, got a full dental, you know, uh, department. They got the like an ER and and an intensive care and man, they got all the whistles and bells. And they got a buttload of corpsmen and and uh, uh, pharmacists down there and all that kind of stuff. But you know, and you get to, you're on a carrier for ship's company. You get to know everybody. And I went down there and talked to my old buddy. And I uh, went down there to see him. I said, hey, man, I said, these things are bad, man. He was giving me this and giving me that. Then he introduced me to this stuff called Proctofoam. And I thought, oh, gosh, you know, really? But anyway, I tried everything, man. And we was on deployment. It wasn't like I could go somewhere. And I went down there, and I seen this one old PA, and uh, he was a warrant officer. He, he got me up on the table. You know, and it's embarrassing. It is. Ain't, there, ain't, there ain't no... There ain't no way to do it but to just to lay there and, and, and put your feet up in the stirrups like you're going to give birth to a baby and let him get on up in there with that flashlight on his head and look up in there. So he's in there poking and probing around. And, and you know, and what do you do? You just stare at the ceiling, close your eyes. I uh, wish they had headphones. You could put on some music or something. But anyway, I say, Moon River. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> anyway, so old, old PA, he's back there poking. He's down there poking around and looking and stuff. And he pushes back that old chair and he said, you know what? <clears throat> we can uh, we can do a temporary fix. I said, really? He goes, oh, yeah. He said, I see what the problem is. He goes, but I, I can't do a full-blown hemorrhoidectomy out here. He said, but what we can do is we can lance them. I said, well, what do you mean, lance them? He said, well, I'll, I'll get up in there and I'll get hold of it. What's causing the problem? He said, thromboid or thromboid or whatever that word is. I call it herniated. But anyway, he, he said, I, I found the the, the the problem spots more than one. And what I'll do is I'll lance it and I'll snatch out them blusted blood vessels. I said, well, damn doc, that sounds painful. He said, oh, you won't feel a thing. I said, I, I won't. He goes, no. I said, okay, uh, let's, let's, let's do it. He said, well, no, you need to come back tomorrow. I said, okay. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm good with that. He goes, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he, he leans over and he's got, you know, one of them little Navy shells with all the books in it. He grabs a book. He looks at it. And he says, yeah, it's in here. I said, what's in there? He said, how to do it. I said, you ain't never done it before? He goes, no, but I'll read up on it tonight. And we'll do a training session with a lot of the corpsmen tomorrow. And we'll do it. Well, you know what? When it when the when the pain outweighs the, uh, the consequence, I don't know. I just said, hell, doc, do it. You know, all right. <clears throat> so I was Navy chief then. I just said, do it. Do what you got to do. So I came back next day. And sure enough, man, went back in that damn same room. Get back up on that same table, put my feet in them same stirrups, and uh, I got kind of ahead of him. He said, "Well, hold on, man. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta uh, get you sedated." I said, "Okay." I thought it was gonna be like a local or something. He said, "No, <clears throat> you need to bend over and sit on the table here." And 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 then all of a sudden, an anesthesiologist came in. Yes, a carrier did have an anesthesiologist. He comes in and told me to put my put my arms down in front of me and put them down between my legs and squeeze them and, and roll my shoulders forward and bend over. And he was behind me poking my damn backbone. He says, I'm going to give you an epidural. And he commences to give me an epidural. It's the first time I ever had one of those. And sure enough, man, he finds that spot and poop, he pokes it in there. If you ain't never had one, 
you ain't, you ain't really nothing missing nothing. It feels weird uh, to feel a needle go through your back and then into damn your your disc in between your, your uh, vertebrae and go into a disc and and do its thing. So anyway, they helped me back over and uh, put my legs up in there and whatnot, and there I am ready. And then the guy walks in with a damn roll of tape, look like packing tape. And I said, uh, "What's that for?" He said, "Well, you screw them sacks in the way. We're gonna have to tape them up." Well, them it. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, but you won't feel a thing. And sure enough, I didn't feel a thing. He commences to to, to tape, my, tape my boys and, and and push them way up high in front. And, and then, hell, I just taped them to my stomach. Not that they're that big. That's where the tape ended up. So anyway, tapes to my stomach. And I thought, well, ain't this a damn howdy do? And all of a sudden, here comes a room full of these corpsmen. They're all coming in there. A couple of them got damn notepads. Thank goodness they didn't have cell phones back there because I'm sure that somebody would have took a freaking picture. And uh, the doc does his thing, man. And he's, you know, I could feel some pressure moving around and stuff. And anyway, and he's talking and giving a play-by-play to these old corpsmen. And he's showing them what to do and whatnot. And a couple times he'd get to the point, he'd do something. He goes, now look at there. And they would form a damn line. So I got a line of corpsmen. Some of them got notepads. And they're in line to get a good look. Old doc's got the big flashlight shining up in my a-hole there. They all get in there and go, yep. And the next one step out of the way. The next one steps up there and goes, yep. Next step out of the way. And I thought, you know, never in my life I thought what I'd been in this position, but I was. And they took care of their business, did everything, gave me some meds, and I went on about my way. And he told me I need to drink more water. I said, okay. And more more fiber. I said, okay. And I did. And he and he and he told me, he said, I'm gonna tell you right now, you will have this problem again and it'll be worse. I said, Really? He goes, Yep. So that was probably in ninety three, I think it was, maybe ninety three. And sure enough, uh, fast forward it, and here I am in uh, 1996. I think it was. It was. It was. It was less than four years later. Uh, the old boys is back, and I mean it's bad. It's real bad. And and I just thought, man, I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to deal with this or not. So I kept going to see this doctor over at uh, uh, the Navy Clinic in Millington, Tennessee. And he was a young fella, man. And he kept prescribed this, prescribed that, look at it and poke and all this kind of stuff. And it, nothing got better. It just got worse. And honestly, and I, you know, I wore khakis because I was, I was a chief or maybe even a senior chief by then, but I was wearing khakis. And, uh, hell, I was, I was, uh, I know this sounds bad. Again, this is like Lewis's. I don't know if a lot are told that. Anyway, I started to, to buying the pads, what a, a lady would wear and would put them back there because it was, it was damn blood stained in my khakis. I was ruining clothes and it was embarrassing. Uh, so anyway, so I told my buddy, a good buddy, he was an independent duty corpsman from uh, Ballistic uh, Nuclear Submarines. His name was Dwayne Wisnowski. Dwayne Wisnowski. Dwayne, I hope you're still alive. You're a good man. So, Dwayne, I talked to Dwayne one day about it because the reason I talked to him about it, it's not like we're just having a beer. And I said, hey, let me tell you about my hemorrhoid problem. No, Dwayne was a corpsman, so I felt him, you know, inclined to share it with him. And uh, he said, damn, Jerry, is it that bad? I said, Dwayne, it's bad, man. He said, come with me. So we get in his car and we drive not to the clinic, but we go up the street a little bit. We go to the Navy hospital. That was back when Millington, Tennessee had a full-fledged hospital. Big hospital, nice hospital. Went there, and Dwayne knew a Navy captain doctor that was there. And didn't we didn't have no appointment. You know, that's the way it works in the Navy. Dwayne was a senior chief. I was a senior chief. We just walked on up there. He knocked on that old captain's door and the captain wasn't busy. And he said, Captain, he goes, Senior Chief Daniels, you need you need to see him. So I told him my problem. He took me in the exam room, got up in there and looked. And he said, good Lord, fella, how long have you been putting up with these? I said, quite a while, doc. He said, well, I tell you what, <clears throat> I know this is starting to be a pattern. He said, here's what I need you to do. 
I need you to go home, pack a bag, don't eat no more, get all cleaned up, come on back. You know, you, you, you can get back here around eight or nine o'clock tonight. He goes, but don't eat anything. He said, and uh, we'll fix this tomorrow morning the right way. I said, really? He goes, yep. I said, okay, <clears throat> we can do that. Go home, tell my bride. I said, hey, man, I met a Navy captain doctor who says he's going to fix this the right way. And she said, well, good. I said, you ain't skippy kidding good. So I do all that stuff, come back there, get some check-in, whatnot. And then, oh, um, my whole next morning, old doc comes in and sees me, says, now, this is going to be a full-fledged 100% no Katie bar doors held uh, hemorrhoidectomy. I said, well, it's got epidemy in it. I guess that means you're going to be removing something. He said, yeah. He said, it's going to be pretty evasive. I said, okay. I said, epidural. He goes, oh, hell no, we're going to put you to sleep more. I said, okay. <clears throat> so they do. They put me to sleep. And, uh, you know, they did their thing. And I woke up in a, in a recovery room. Somebody slapping my face. Of course, anybody that's ever woke up in a recovery room, y'all know the first thing that everybody says, uh, water. I need water. <laughs> so they won't give you no damn water, but they'll give you some ice chips and uh, to melt in your mouth. And, and it's the best damn ice I ever had in my life. And I've had it a couple of times in my lifetime. So they, they do that. And, uh, and, you know, the next thing I knew, I, you know, I passed back out and whatnot. And then a good friend of mine named Catherine, Catherine Callahan, she married a good buddy of mine named Barry Swaffer. He, all these are Navy chiefs. Uh, and Barry, Barry's name was really Clay, but uh, Barry died a young man. He had brain tumors and passed away, and I hated it. I hated it. Uh, and him and Catherine had gotten even married. They weren't married at that time, but they, they married later. And then Barry, both, both of them retired out of the Navy. And Barry retired as a mass chief. Catherine's chief. And but Barry, uh, Barry died a young man. And, uh, and, and anyway, so I woke up and I remember seeing Catherine sitting there in her uniform looking at me. And uh, hell, I couldn't even talk. But uh, and then I passed back out and I woke back up. And my wife and my son were sitting there and, and whatnot. And my daughter woke up and seen them. And and I'm I'm there for I don't know two or three days and yes there's a lot of pain and then I get my discharge stuff <clears throat> and when they discharge me this is the whole premise of this damn story they discharge me and the doctor said now listen he said you really got to hydrate brother I mean you seriously got to hydrate I said okay doc I get it I get it he said about you know about a uh, straining and none of that kind of stuff and whatnot and they they give me a they give me a a, a big old donut to sit on. And I had that and, and some and some cream and whatnot. And, but then we get down to the, the, the brass tacks. I said, hey, Doc, what I got to do when I got to go to the bathroom? He said, well, I'm just going to be straight up with you. That's going to be painful. I said, okay, can we, can we talk about it? And he said, well, he said, when you, when you go to the bathroom the first time after this surgery, he said, it's going to feel like maybe a bee sting right on it. I said, really? He goes, yeah, it's going to be pretty painful. I said, okay. He said, but you'll, you'll be able to do it. And you're no problem. He goes, everybody gets through it. I said, all right. He said, then a couple of more times you do it, you may pass something that looks like a black spider web. I said, excuse me. He said, yeah, you'll, you'll pass something that's like a black spider web. I said, well, what the hell is that going to be? He said, well, it's kind of like a mesh thing that I, I used and then uh, stitched it in there, but the, it'll dissolve and then you'll, you'll pass that. And he said, don't be alerted. I said, okay, all right, we're good. So I go home. I go home. I'm hydrating. And the whole time I'm doing a hydrating thing, I, I'm, I'm really, honestly, I'm not eating because I don't want to, I don't want to suffer this bee sting. Old boy said it was coming. Well, eventually it comes. And it's probably, I don't know, one, two days after I've been out of the hospital and I had to get my, had to get my head right and, and, and put on my game face and I go back there to the back and 
I sit down and I'm dreading it, man. I'm dreading it. And, and sure enough, I do it. <clears throat> and I'm just going to tell you all, this is why it's titled this way. I actually thought that, that I was going to, I was going to go to heaven right then. And I was going to die on the, on the shitter like Elvis. And, I, and rumor is Elvis had his episode. And I don't know what his episode was, but they said that Elvis was sitting on the crapper when it all went south for him. And here I was sitting on the crapper and literally, I almost passed out with the pain. It was absolutely some of the worst pain I ever had in my life. And I got through it. And it was it was terrible, man. It was terrible. And then the next one was 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 not as bad. But uh, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I, all I can say is this. I went back to see that doctor for a follow-up. And uh, he's, he's a nice doctor. But I told him, I said, hey, doc, I said, uh, can I share something with you? He said, yeah. This is after the exam and whatnot. I said, Find whatever book it was where either you read or maybe you have even written it somewhere that you tell patients that the first BM after this surgery going to feel what's like a bee sting. I said, you need to take you a black marker and you need to black all that part out of your book and, and listen to what I'm telling you, because this is what you really need to write in there. And this is what you need to tell people. You need to tell people that after they have a bowel movement after this surgery, it will be as if you're trying to crap a damn cantaloupe wrapped in barbed wire. I said, write that down. Taking a bowel movement after this surgery will feel as if you are trying to pass a cantaloupe out your ass wrapped in barbed wire. Write that down, doc. Old boy was laughing. I was laughing. It hurt when I laughed. We was laughing. I said, I'm just telling you, doc. It don't, it, I don't know where the, the bee sting thing is, is a myth. That's a lie. It ain't, it ain't true. And I told him the whole story that I thought I was going to go meet Elvis and 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 die like he did. So I've got a lot of stories about Navy medicine, and this is could could be one of them that's TMI. But uh, I'm glad I didn't go see Elvis that day. I did finally uh, recover from this because and I, there there may be some men folk. Maybe you know what? Maybe there's there could be some lady folks. They ain't gonna admit it. But there could be some men folks who think, "Hey, man, Jerry, I've had that same problem before." And uh, here's what here's what I've learned from that. And, and you got to keep in mind now, this is a long time ago. This is, hell, it's been 25, 30 years. <clears throat> so I've, I've never had the problem again. He took care of it. I learned to eat better, drink a lot more fluid, and uh, and, and lift differently. That's important, to lift differently, not a strain a certain way. <clears throat> but uh, never had him resurfaced. But I tell you what, I carried that damn donut. It was a cushioned donut. I carried that damn thing for, I bet, six months. And I carried it in a little really cheap, thin backpack so folks wouldn't know what it was. And I'd go into my desk, and I was a vampire analyst at that time, and I had to spend a lot of desk time sitting in front of, in front of computers. And I'd, I'd, I'd sit on that backpack, and I carried it around forever. And finally, I'd, one day, I, I felt like I was uh, liberated. And I, I thought, hell, I, I think I can go without it now. And I tossed that old bad boy. So that was a good thing. So that's it. That's all I got, man, is, uh, you know, I, I just thought I was going to die like Elvis. I do appreciate all y'all listening to it. It's just one of the many trials and tribulations of uh, of OJD here. And I, I talk about being third person. I, I think uh, Seinfeld did an episode on that. But anyway, this is just one of the one of the many times I've been through uh, some stuff with Navy Medical. I've, I've got a few more stories. I got some really good stories. So uh, I hope y'all have enjoyed it. Uh, even though my wife put a line on that damn piece of paper and said, I ought not tell this, but I wanted to share it because it was funny. And uh, I wish I just could have been in the office and seen old Doc when I told him about the cantaloupe and bobwire thing. I do ask that. I, I want to ask y'all to do me a favor. 
y'all please share uh, my podcast, whether it's on podcast or whether it's on Spotify, share the link. Uh, I really, I really want to share this with as many people as possible and, uh, and, and subscribe to it as well. That, that helps me. And uh, hopefully I can keep this thing going. Um, That's it. So it's a beautiful day. It is the year of our Lord. It is October the 16th, 2022. It is the Sunday after October the 15th, 2022, which last night we lost our damn mind. I know I'm squirreling, Laura's going to, she'll listen to this afterwards. She goes, you squirreled. I said, I know. I was about to sign off. But last night, the football game between the Tennessee Volunteers and the Crimson Tide of Alabama, that was a damn good game. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So uh, go Vols. I don't, I don't, I don't oftentimes root for the Vols, but boy, you know I was rooting for them last night. That was a good football game. I love college football. I ain't got a damn. I don't care about no NFL or whatever that other football league is. They, they, I ain't got no use for them. But I love college football. Love SEC. So that's it. And I'll sign off as I always do. And to quote my great friend Mike Coker from Easley, South Carolina, my buddy Mike Coker would tell me goodbye. He would say, "JD," I say, "Yeah, Mike." He say, "Bicycle." <laughs>